0: This episode is brought to you by Freedom of Creativity. Freedom of Creativity is a directory for freedom-loving businesses and creatives to connect, share their talents, collaborate on projects, and change our culture through creative action. Join for free today at freedomofcreativity.com and list your company, yourself, whether you're an artist, musician, service provider, or even a blogger podcast. Freedomofcreativity.com, the culture is in your hands. Welcome to the Rookie Marican Podcast. I'm your girl, Lisa Carter. Let's get into it. Listen, this is episode two of season four. Can't believe I'm here right now. But today's podcast is going to be on the great lie of the 501c3. And here's why. 501c3 is like code for nonprofit. Um, I want to, the reason why I want to discuss this is because it is a very interesting topic. Um, that a lot of people are not aware of. And I'm going to tell you why I decided to do this podcast um, and why it interests me so uh, and really kind of expose a little bit of the uh, U.S. government uh, corruption. Listen, I'm Puerto Rican, okay? Obviously, you can see if you're on YouTube, you can see the flag behind me, Puerto Rican and the American flag. I was born here uh, in the States and then I moved to Puerto Rico for about almost 10 years, came back. Uh, and I love the, uni- the United States as I love Puerto Rico, um, but uh, many people get it twisted, especially the people that want uh, in Puerto Rico to be an independent nation uh, that they hate or they dislike uh, the, US gov- the United States. And really where the confusion comes in, and I'll probably do another podcast on this another day. Is that they don't necessarily hate the United States because they can obviously, they probably do, um, you know, fly in between, they have the luxury of flying between the US and Puerto Rico with no problem, obviously, because you're a US citizen. Um, but it's not so much the United States that they hate. And that's where the, the confusion lies. It's more so the corruption of the United States government. And that's where I kind of lie. I love the original idea uh, or the original intention behind the freedom of the United States, of America uh, for, you know, people came here to pursue religious freedom. Uh, And that's what I love. That's what I'm all about. That's what, if you've listening to, if you've been listening to the last few seasons, you know that I absolutely love authentic, truthful American history. What you might not also know is that I despise the corruption not only in the US government, but also which has kind of seeped into the Puerto Rican government. And this isn't something that's been happening for the last few years. It's been happening for decades. And so I want to kind of expose a little bit um, as I dug deep into uh, the nonprofit status, the 501c3, um, you know, I want to dig deep into that corruption in itself because a lot of Americans are not aware of this. And uh, it has piqued the question. The number one question that I have received uh, throughout the last year is, why haven't pastors stood up to the government? Why did it? Why did they bow down to the government and close their churches? Why aren't they in the marches, in the rallies? You know, and that's one of the reasons why I decided to go to the rallies and speak at them. Um, is and not only just speak, but also do altar calls because I saw a huge lack of pastors and ministers rising up and saying, this is a place where we need to start preaching the gospel. We need revival in America. And that really bothered me as I was doing all of these. And you probably heard from the last episode. It really bothered me that churches and pastors uh, were not, I mean, I only saw maybe two um, going to these events, but they were freedom loving pastors. I mean, they were very distinct they had separated themselves from the other pastors here in Massachusetts and the pastors that have opened and have left their churches opened uh, in 2020 when all of this was going down, probably five, I can count. Uh, Adam Square Baptist Church here in Worcester, uh, Reverend Kraft who was still preaching uh, against this, who's an 80-year-old uh, African-American minister in here in Lexington, Roddy Howard Brown out in Tampa, who actually led the charge, I guess you could say, in keeping their churches opened. He is a South African, proud American pastor um, here in uh, Tampa, Florida, who actually got arrested for opening his church. Um, I think that Rob McCoy or John MacArthur uh, out in California. I mean, there's only, and then there's Hobbs, New Mexico. There's a church out there. I think it's called Life. I can't remember river life, something, uh, New Mexico, Hobbs, New Mexico. And it baffled me that there were only a handful of churches that had stood up to what was happening when, when churches were getting shut down. Now, mind you, the two weeks, the gov- when they said, Hey, let's slow the spread for two weeks. I was like, okay. I mean, is this like a like, is this real what's going on? But then when I saw like the marching orders that they gave Americans with the six feet apart and the old Navy masks, you know, and they didn't give direction as to how to properly use PPE. I had a nursing background, so I know how to properly use these things. And when they didn't teach the public how to do that, and they weren't biohazard bins anywhere, and they started seeing people wearing gloves, like they would touch produce, they would touch their face, they would touch their phone, and then they would open the door to their car and keep their gloves on all day long. That is not the proper way to use PPE. And I immediately knew that something was wrong. This is not right. So after the two weeks when they decided that they were going to continue to shut down churches and gyms and like people were losing their livelihoods. I already knew that there was a, there is a red flag. What is going on? Why are churches churches, the one place where you can get your hands, somebody can lay hands on you and get healed. Why are they shutting down the one place where you get hope and you are, you can be free of fear. And you know what I mean? Like why, what's going on here? why is there only a handful? And that actually helped me weed out. Not that I listened to, I didn't listen to like a whole bunch of different pastors. Listen, when I'm in my car or when I'm at home, I'm constantly, because faith comes by hearing. So I'm constantly listening to the word of God. That's why it's important to read the Bible out loud because you're listening to yourself speak. So if faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God, I want to listen to it all the time. And before COVID, I had listened to pastor Rodney Howard Brown. I had listened to Jonathan Shuttlesworth, Jonathan and Dallas Shuttlesworth out of Pennsylvania. They were evangelists. They just opened a church now. Um, you know, I was listening to them on a regular basis. And for some reason, when people would send me messages of other ministers, um, I, I didn't care to listen to them. And now I know why it's because a lot of those same people that were sent to me, I mean, it doesn't have to be big mega church pastors. I mean, these are like everyday pastors, people that had podcasts, you know, um, women that had different ministries. I didn't care to listen to them. And when this pandemic came, I watched them to see if they would open their churches. And they did not. The people that I didn't really listen to anyway they didn't open their churches. So now that was confirmation for me, like, Hey, I'm listening to the right people. Um, I'm listening to people that not only love God and know their Bible, but they also know their rights as Americans. And so that solidified for me personally. All right. I want to make sure that I'm weeding out uh, the fake preachers or weeding out the people that don't have any faith because I don't want to be listening to pe- people that bow down to the government. I, you know, the whole New Testament is written, most of the new Testament is written by people who were in jail. And all I see when, when 2020 happened, where pastors saying, well, you know, churches, you know, doesn't have to be at the church. It can be, you know, any building, which is true. And then they would preach Romans 14, which I hear, I continue to hear all the time where we respect our government, but I'm not, I personally am not going to respect a government who lies to me. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. And thank God for the internet, because if this were Cuba, you know, back in the day, Cuba only had the newspaper and they had the radio. And so when the rebels would put out a message that they had won a battle, when they didn't, they were all handcuffed and they went to jail and the people of Cuba really believed that there was a mat, there was like a ton of people overtaking Cuba when it really wasn't happening. The reason why they were able to win all of that was because they took control of the media. And thank God we have the internet and independent search engines where we can go and we can actually do our own research on what's really happening. We don't have to depend on Google, we don't have to depend on uh, what is it, Mo- Mozilla. Or, you know, social media, which is obviously being taken over by the government as well. You know, we didn't have to depend on those things. We immediately knew that we can go out and do our own research. We can read a book on history. We can read our Bibles and know what is really going down right now. So that is the question. Why didn't pastors rise up? And when I started my ministry, I started to ask around, hey, should I start a 501c3, a nonprofit? I'm going to be housing all of my books because I have other books that I've written. I have other audios that I've caught, other things that I've cut at conferences, um, you know, trainings. I want to be able to sell those things, okay? Um, Because at some point, I want to go full-time into ministry. I want to go full-time into creating podcasts, um that is my calling i and those are things that i'm doing so that i can spread the bible uh spread the gospel and not only that spread the gospel but also educate people because listen People can get saved all day long at, at, at these churches, but there are very few churches that are actually going out and discipling these people after they get saved. You know, the word of God is a weapon. And if people don't know how to read the Bible, they're not going to know how to combat the enemy when he comes at them, whether it's spiritual or physical. So I want to be able to teach people how to read the Bible and how to use their Bible and what, and how to know what. God has created them to be what God's will is. And that is a lot of churches aren't doing that. They're just saying, oh, who wants to accept Jesus in their life as their Lord and savior? People put their hands up and then that's it. Let's get baptized. And that's it. There's no real discipleship. There's no, here's a Bible. Here's how you read it. Here's how you read the numbers. Here's how you read the chapters. I want to be able to provide those resources to people. And that takes money to do. I can't, that, that can't be done for free forever. (laughs) I do it for free now, but you know, I want to be able to minister to people and to use the seed, teach people that the seed that they have, which is their money, if it's not attached to their heart, that can be used to spread the gospel. And that is what I want to do. And so when I looked at a ministry and I said, how can I, you know, I, I don't, what, what is a 501c3? How do I get one? What does it mean to be Nonprofit. What does it mean? Like, what what does that entail? And so, I'm going to give you the breakdown. I have a couple of resources here um, that I'm going to be covering on what is a 501c3, and why has it handcuffed the church specifically during these times? So, um, these resources are: I have um, Peter Kershaw, who wrote Economic Solutions this is a book recommended to me by Reverend Kraft. If you've heard him on my podcast, I think he was on season three where I think it's like from heroin to like, he was a legit heroin addict and he overcame that and became a preacher. Um, and then he, he has an, another one called Caesar's like Caesar's rule. I had to, um, I actually had to, upload this from the internet because this research this this book itself was like a 100 bucks but I found it on like an internet library and I printed it out for this not to sell it but like for this very reason it's called Caesars I gotta find it Caesars I want to get the resource for you in case you want to read it too in Caesars Grip Um, and then that's this book. And then I also have a resource for you online, uh, by a rabbi Chim, rabbi Chim Kershevik. I believe, um, his name is where he goes over, uh, you know, just some great points as to how the 501 C three has come about and what its history is, um, and how it's handcuffed the churches he's also, a, but he's a rabbi for Jesus, I believe. He's like a a Jew for Jesus. Um, So 501c3, the tax exempt and tax deductible deductible status of religious organizations was sanctioned by Congress in 1954 and codified in the Internal Revenue Code, as section 501c3. Prior to this time, contributions to churches and religious institutions had been widely recognized by tax deductible even though they had not been officially sanctioned by Congress. Furthermore, no church or religious institution could be taxed by any government because the first amendment barred any such taxing authority with the ratification of IRC section 501 C three tax immunity and tax deductibility of religion was converted from a right into a government privilege. All right. Backtrack a little bit. When I was, when I was diving into 501c3, the only thing I knew was that if you had a 501c3, that means contributions could be tax. You could be tax exempt, which means you don't have to pay taxes. Okay. And my first thought was I have two choices here. I can pay taxes, um, of from my ministry, whether it's books, podcasts, because I'm spreading the gospel. And a lot of these things are people give me donations. Okay. So I can pay, I don't have to pay taxes. Right. But I am unable to do anything that has to do with politics. And I'm going to elaborate on that a little bit later. I am not, I can't speak on what is happening politically. I can endorse political candidates. And I, when I was researching this, I received a message from a a young man, his name is Brian, Brian Richardson, I believe. And he said to me, you may want to rethink your position on getting a 501c3 because with the nature of your ministry, you're going to be handcuffed. And I said, wait, what, what do you mean? He said, well, your ministry, you talk a lot about politics. You go to rallies, you are going to, you are not going to be able to do those things. There's a, there's a chance that your 501c3 status will be revoked. And I said, and 501c3 status, and I think you also have to be incorporated. I don't know the, the super deep, I don't know that in super detail, but you also have to be incorporated as a church uh, or a ministry. And so that may be different if you're a church or a ministry. Uh, But he said, look into it because you don't want to get handcuffed. So when I also spoke to Reverend Kraft, Reverend Kraft has a ministry and he broke down the history behind the 501c3 the 501c3 was actually established by president lyndon johnson johnson did not like the church okay and it was said that as his as part of his political agenda johnson had it in mind to silence the church and eliminate the significant influence the church had always on shaping public policy Although this is from the rabbi, although Johnson preferred that this as a favor, quote unquote favor to churches, the favor also came with strings attached or shackles. One need not look far to see the devastating effects of 501c3 acceptance had had to the church and the consequent restrictions placed upon by 501c3 church. So this is also called 501c3 is also kind of like a government hush money, I guess you could say. So they'll say, listen, you don't get, you don't have to pay taxes to us. Okay. We're good. We don't, you don't have to pay taxes, but you can't talk about certain subjects. All right. So the things that the 501c3, um, when you apply for one, these are the restrictions you waive your freedom of speech waive your freedom of religion, you waive its rights to influence legislators in the the legislation they craft, waive its constitutionality guaranteed rights, is no longer free to speak to the vital issues of the day, becomes controlled by a spirit of fear that if it doesn't toe toe the line with the IRS, it will lose tax exempt status and becomes a state church. Let's talk about that. So the research that I've done on the IRS alone is corruption, really. Um, The IRS has a tie into the Federal Reserve. So if you've ever heard of the Federal Reserve, it's not a government agency. The Federal Reserve, prior to, I think, 1918 or 1920, America was actually the greatest nation in the world because they had copyright laws, um, which is one of the reasons why copyright is basically like Benjamin Franklin had a, a hand in creating copyright laws, which means that he he had established or uh, he had invented a wood burning stove, I guess you could say, indoor. And people were copying it all left and right. And he realized this is my intellectual property. Okay. That's where, that's the word, where the term IP comes from. This is an idea that God gave me because God gives us ideas, right? Unless it's a bad idea, then you know, who gives that to you, but God gives us these inspirational ideas. They are ours, right? And the Bible is chock full of showing us examples of how to be profitable. And so you know, he had established, they, they had established what was called copyright laws where nobody can come in and duplicate what you did. It's yours. And you have the right to make money off of it, right? Other people are not allowed to do that if you have a copyright. And so that is one of the things that made America a great nation was because we were the only country that had copyright laws. If you went to any other country, everybody was copying what everybody else was doing and it wasn't profitable. Therefore people weren't prosperous and people were just copying what it was like a kind of like a socialist kind of deal. So when the, the way that, and this is a definitely a whole nother podcast in itself, but the way that, um, the people wanted to come in and they wanted to put central banks into the U S because America was the last to fall and is well, socialism has infiltrated the United States, but is the last to fall to socialism in order to create a, a one world government. This is in the scripture. Um, you can find it in the Bible, but the way that other countries had become socialist and communist country was because they had established a central bank. And so they wanted to quietly infiltrate the United States and establish a centralized bank where there's one bank um, and that can basically controls everything. So the Federal Reserve, when people think of the Federal Reserve, it's really, and I don't mean to get off topic, but it is actually a private institution that is owned by other countries, uh, including some from New York. Um, And I don't know if this audio is gonna get banned or not, but whatevs. Um, Some of those people I can actually name, and you've probably heard of them. The major shareholders of the Federal Reserve Bank are identified as Rothschild, London and Berlin, Lazard Bros, Paris, Israel Safe in Italy, Kuhn Loeb Company in Germany, Warburg, Hamburg, Amsterdam, and the Netherlands, Lehman Brothers, New York, Goldman and Sachs, might have heard of them, New York, and the Rockefellers, New York. like They're kind of like the bank for Congress, I guess you could say. They say, hey, man, we need trillions of dollars, and the Federal Reserve provides it for them. But there's a lot of debt, 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 debt behind that. And the American people are the ones that are paying for that. So the federal reserve is not accountable to the government. And this is in this book, the fed receives well over a trillion dollars of income yearly. And yet our duplicitous bamboozled Congress holds them exempt from paying any taxes on their illegally obtained income. They pay only real estate taxes in order to hoodwink the american public it is imperative that the fed's financial activities never see the light of day and so it is 80 in its 80 year history the fed has never been audited by congress or by any government agency i'm trying to get a like a definition of the federal reserve for you um which i think i have in here somewhere Ah, what is exactly the mysterious creature known as the Federal Reserve Banking System? The Fed, as it's commonly referred to, is privately owned by an exclusive cadre of some of the most wealthy and influential individuals in the world. The Fed is part of an international banking cartel, and it is not of any demonstrable way part of the federal government. Its intended purpose is to fleece the American people by stealing our wealth and under the pretext of government-regulated central banking system that calls itself federal. Some of the people think that Reserve Federal Reserve Banks are U.S. government institutions. They are not government institutions. They are private co- credit monopolies, domestic swindlers, rich and predatory money lenders, which prey upon the people of the United States for the benefit of themselves for their foreign customers. The Federal Reserve Banks are the agents of foreign central banks. The truth is the Federal Reserve Board was usurped the government Of the United States by the arrogant credit monopoly, which operates a Federal Reserve Board. Why hasn't anybody questioned this? I'm sorry, who are you and why are you taking the American people's money? And you know, that's, that's, this is a simple, this is a simple way to think about it. Banks initially were, back in the day, they had, people had gold and silver, okay? They had gold and silver and it was hard for them to exchange gold and silver. You're going to bring a bag of gold with you to go buy a horse. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy. So the guy that would um, like a Smith, he was like a, I don't want to say blacksmith, but he was like one of those Smith dudes. He was the one that would put the, that would mold, I guess you could say the gold. So people would come to me and be like, listen, I cannot take all this gold with me. Can you store it for me and keep it, store it for me, keep it, um, and just give me like a note, right, that says I have 500 pieces of gold or whatever, 500 bars of gold, whatever it was. Dude was like, all right, cool. So he became the dude that eventually would house all of the gold for people. But what was happening was that as he was writing out these notes, you know, they have a hundred, a hundred pieces of gold. They would go to the stores or whatever it would be called. Then they would go trading posts. I don't know what it would be called. Then they would go there and they would say, listen, I have this note for hundred pieces of gold. Um, and then they would actually get receipts from these stores saying you paid 50 for this $50 horse. You paid a hundred. Here's, here's your receipt for 50 back, right? So he started to notice that people weren't coming back from, for the gold, like to retrieve the gold. They were actually just exchanging papers. They were exchanging notes the entire time. So what this guy did or what the, they were, this is how banking actually came to, is he would actually write out more So if somebody gave him a hundred pieces of gold, he would actually write out that they had more than that and he would end up taking the difference if that makes any sense. So basically he was just taking like a little bit of a percentage off of every time they stored their gold in there, whether they knew it or not. And so that is a rough (laughs) original intention of the like, that's how the banking system started. So banks uh, are crooks in themselves. Imagine a centralized bank in charge of a, a whole, really essentially because if they usurp Congress of a whole country, right? These guys are making money hand over fist over us working. So I say all that to say that IRS is in cohorts with the Federal Reserve Bank. I am not going to tie that right now on how, um, but um, it's the same corruption, I guess you could say, behind, uh, behind that idea of the IRS and also the corruption of federal income tax, um, which is a whole nother podcast for a whole nother day. But the IRS decided that, or Lyndon Johnson decided, and I know I'm kind of all over the place here, but uh, I, I need to give you some background on some of those things. Lyndon Johnson decided, listen, I don't want, obviously the church has influence in the political realm of things, because if people are voting based on policy and they're lining that up with scripture, they know that the church is basically the moral compass of the land the church is the moral compass of the united states and so when you decide to shut the church up when it was an originally intended when america was originally intended to be a freedom you know you you are free to to speak you are are free to worship um when you revoke that from the churches there are severe consequences to the outcome of governing a nation. And that is not okay. So let's talk about government hush money. Let's talk about the, what it says in the IRS code 501c3. Section 501, exemption from tax on corporations, certain trusts, etc. Lists of exempt organizations, corporations, and any community chest fund of or foundation organized and operated exclusively for religious charitable scientific testing for public safety, literally literary, literary or educational purposes, or to foster national or intentional amateur sports competition, but only if not if no part of its activities involve in the provision of athletic facilities or equipment or for the prevention of cruelty to children or animals no part of the net earnings of which ensures to benefit any private shareholder or individual, no substantial substantial part of the activities of which is carrying on propaganda, (laughs) that's funny, or otherwise attempting to influence legislation, except as otherwise provided in subsection H, which does not participate in or intervene or include including the publishing or distribution of statements, any political campaign on behalf of or in, a, in opposition to any candidate for public office. How funny is that? Because you know what? There, there was a, um, there's a few churches that I had been to in Boston when I had first moved from Puerto Rico. And they had, one of them had Al Sharpton in there, which um, Al Sharpton is not even a reverend. And they had him in there. He's a Democrat. He they had him in there talking, influencing legislation, like in not in legislation, but influencing the congregation to vote a certain way. And I remember thinking to myself, this is weird. <laughs> I remember being like, this ain't right. And now when you when you listen to my podcast on the original intent of uh, socialism or the truth behind socialism. There were, infl- there were people that had infiltrated the United States that were part of the Frankfurt School where they told people, listen, we they trained them on how to infiltrate churches, seminaries, um, and really socialize these, these places, including institutions like schools and government or whatever. Um, they wanted to socialize them so that they wouldn't have any power. They wouldn't understand um, that God is, mm, they, that's not right. They wouldn't understand that um, the church is the central influence to this nation, and when you waive all of these things um, as a five hundred one c three, you know you're you're a church and you sign up for five hundred one c three and you're handcuffed from saying what you're supposed to be saying. However, the other side can say whatever they want in the churches. I mean, Kamala Harris just went to a church in Georgia or wherever and tried to influence them. So it's kind of one sided. The IRS, because they are part of um, really, they are really part of the original corruption in the scheme to have the United States fall to the one world government. I mean, that is that is all strategic and. The moment that they tried to convince churches that they needed to apply for a 501c3, that is where the nation began to fall. And Lyndon Johnson, even though I don't like the fact that they he managed to do this, he was an unofficial genius because he 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 knew that churches had to be silenced in order to, uh, for the opposition to win, which is interesting because it's kind of like public school. So like public school, it's a public school, but you're not allowed to, to be political. If you, if you include politics into public school, technically public schools are supposed to lose their funding because they are funded by taxpayer money. However, if you look at what public schools are teaching now, they are completely indoctrinated with the political stuff that has been going on. Or the political ideologies, I would say, on, you know, what, what, on how eventually they're creating people, they're, they're putting these ideas into their minds. And they're saying, listen, this is how we want you to think so you can vote a certain way or you can become a certain kind of leader down the road. They have completely removed the church in the sixties from public school, which public school originally in my my other podcast too on Massachusetts, originally the reason why public school came to be was because they wanted to teach kids how to read the Bible so that in the future, they wouldn't have socialist policies. They could have, they could raise kids to be leaders in a nation that had biblical principles, not the principles that they had left from. So, you know, it happened in schools and this is how they were able to manage to get the church out of politics as well. So let's read the first amendment because technically the 501c3 is crap and, (laughs) and the churches were protected by the first amendment either way. So they shouldn't, they should have been taxed. They were tax exempt to begin with because of the first amendment. And I'm gonna read the first amendment to you. This is a constitution of the United States pocket, you know, keep it in your pocket so you know your rights. Uh, Amendment of the Constitution of the United States of America, America, amendment one, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press Or the right of the people to peaceably to assemble to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So it is our constitutional right. The Congress can't come in and say, we're going to tax you. Uh, we're, We're tax exempt. Because Congress can't make a law that infringes upon our freedom of speech, our freedom of worship. You can't do that. And so why is it that a lot of churches signed up? And honestly, it's because of ignorance. A lot of pastors signed up for a 501c3 because they didn't think that they weren't already tax exempt. They were, but they made it seem like they weren't. And because they didn't know their rights till this day, they are handcuffed by the 501c3. And that is the reason why many, many pastors did not stand up to the government because they didn't want to leave there. They didn't want to get taxed. They didn't want to be, they were already tax exempt, but they thought that they were going to lose their tax exemption because they that's what they signed up for. That's what they signed up for. The IRS can come after you, even though IRS is not really a constitutional thing or it may have been amended, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, um, ratified. You know what I'm saying? Like they, you, they can't come in and say, hey, you owe me money when you're a ministry. They can't do that. So according to the IRS, churches, Christian churches, ministries, and organizations, this is Christian because um, Hindus, people practicing witchcraft, Scientology are not affected by the fundamental Bible-believing. They're not affected by that. The only people that are affected are Christian, Christian ministries, non-socialist co- Christian ministries. Let me point that out. According to the IRS, churches, ministries, organizations may not expose conspiracies, okay, criticize the New World Order, say or publish anything negative about any politician, Republican or Democrat, teach about the two horned beast or the false prophet, criticize government agencies, the bureaus, the IRS. Oh, well, I'm, well, FBI, BATF, I don't know what BATF is, CIA, EPA, DEA, OSHA, DOJ, which is like your agencies that basically like, what do you do? What do you guys do? Um, Criticize an institution of government such as the White House, the Congress, the Federal Reserve Board, the Supreme Court. Encourage citizens to call or write their congressman, senator or governor, mayor or other. Po- you can't do that. You can't encourage people to write to their congressman, criticize any proposed or pending bill or legislation that would take away the rights of free and freedoms of the people. Uh, a, like example, Mark of the Beast, make disparaging remarks or criticize any other faith group, cult or religion. There's like 10 other ones. Actually, let's talk about those. Let's talk about that because it's important because this applies to right now. Publish or broadcast information on any topic without giving credence the opp- opposing viewpoints of Christ's enemies. Publish or off and offer books, tapes, or products that expose the elitist plot against human. Why would why would this be a criteria? Obviously, this this should be a red flag. Criticize the Pope or the Vatican or contrast the new Catholic Catechism with the truths found in the Holy Bible. Note, only liberal churches are permitted by the IRS to criticize the Catholic Church. Criticize the United Nations or such globalist groups as the Council on Foreign Relations, Bilderbergers, and the Trilateral Commission. Oh, let me remind you, United Nations, um, there's also something called the World Economic Forum, which you guys got to look up, um, or Agenda 2030 as well. I think that's under the UN like, page or something criticize the masonic lodge the order of skull or bones and other secret societies highlight and otherwise bring attention to a moral immorality of public officials or corruption in government you see why i can't get a 501c3 guys do you see complain the government wrongdoing or injustice such as happened at waco ruby ridge or elsewhere criticize the Jewish ADL or other Jewish lobby groups say anything positive about the religious right or the patriot movement support homeschooling home churches and unregistered churches spend money on missionary projects or charitable causes not approved by the IRS dang promote or encourage alternative health care herbs vitamins expose false teachings of any kind by anyone support and encourage persecuted Christian suffering under anti-Christian regimes in red China, Cuba, Russia, Israel, Saudi Arabia, the United States, or elsewhere, ordain a pastor whose training or qualifications are not approved by the IRS. Yo, why, why advocate or teach any Bible doctrine that is politically or religiously incorrect or is inconsistent with any public policy, abortion, feminism, gay rights, currently being forced and forced by the IRS. Did the church ever need to seek permission from the government to be exempt from taxes? No, they have never had to do that. And it is wild. This is wild guys. This is wild. Um, Listen, when America came to be, let's say, if it were not for the moral compass of the church, the Declaration of Independence would not be a thing. Let me tell you, because the Declaration of Independence, the reason why that started was because of the Battle of Lexington in Massachusetts. And in Massachusetts, the Battle of Lexington, when the British came to take the arms and take take the the uh, the weapons from Americans, they were like, nah, there was a congregation that literally had guns. The pastor said, listen, I'm going to teach you guys how to use these guns. I'm going to teach you how to fight because enough, we're not going to, we're not under British rule. They can't come here and tell us what to do. We are to peace. it. We are, we can peaceably worship and we can defend ourselves. And that's what they did. They, they had, they were called the black robe Regiment. They had black robes and they were like, yo, when those guys come, we're coming, we're, we're going to throw down. And that's what happened. That's what they did. The British came, to come and get this stuff and they started fighting with them they were like nah they took off their robes and they had guns blazing and that's that was the shot that was heard around the world that is what started the revolution and that is why the declaration of independence was signed was because biblically we have a right to defend ourselves and that is what that pastor preached now how odd is it that all of a sudden we went from the, the Brit, the British had state run churches, which basically meant that they, or church run States where they controlled the church. They weren't able, they weren't able to worship the way that they wanted. They weren't, they couldn't read the Bible. And if they didn't go to church on Sunday or whenever the day was, they were beat. They were harassed. Those guys, literally controlled their societies this way. And when we, the pilgrims came here and said, no, we don't want anything to do that. The Bible says God is no respecter of persons. They got their hands on a Bible, they worshiped underground, and then they came here to Massachusetts. So why on earth have we allowed for our government to again, handcuff the churches? They have It is our God-given right to worship freely. The government doesn't give me that right when I'm tax exempt. The government doesn't tell me what to say. I have a God-given right to say what I believe in. I also have a constitutional right by the United States Constitution that I can say what I want to say. The IRS can't come in here and tell me what to say and what not to say. They can't do that. They're not even a, a, like, they're not even a, look, they're a corrupt organization. When are people going to start standing up and saying, look, get, get your books, get your hands on this book, the economic, get your hands on the book, Economic Solutions. This dude wrote this book specifically to get the word out and give action steps on why, What is happening with America? The incredible story of how you and America are being bankrupt and what you can do to avoid the wipeout. This is, this gives the foundation on money in the United States and how it all became corrupt. Read it. Uh, Economic solutions by Peter Kershaw. Uh, And, you know, that is the reason why pastors have not said anything. That is the reason why is because they want, they wanted to keep their tax. Can you imagine not standing up for the things that are right? Because you don't want to revoke your tax exempt status. That alone exposes the majority of the pastors in this nation right now. If you're not willing to stand up for the things, I mean, forget about that. If you're not even willing to do the basics of what Mark says, let's go into Mark. I mean, this ain't this ain't Wednesday, because on Wednesday, I'm going to be doing a, um, a rookie revival series um, on the podcast, by the way, going to be launched at 8 p.m. where I'm going to be covering the basics, you know, like how to pray, all that stuff. Um, but that's not even that. But it doesn't matter. I'm going to go. I'm going to get into this at the end of Mark. God gives us marching orders. <clears throat> or Jesus, Jesus gives us marching orders. Where are you at, Mark? Mm, 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 mm. Ah, here are the marching orders the great commission later he appeared to the 11 as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart and because they did not believe those who had seen him after him after he had risen and he said to them go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And the signs will follow to those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, by no means will it hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. How many churches are doing that? That's literally a basic mandate for the people of God who's doing that who's doing that right now who is doing that that's literally forget the IRS and the 501c3 who's doing that basic the people that I had mentioned in the beginning (laughs) very few people that kept their churches open and they know that mandate they don't report they don't bow down to the government they bow down to God to Jesus Christ that is their God. And if, if, if uh, this is wild, man, wild, I cannot believe, like I was reading all this stuff and I was like, dude, this, this is so crazy that this is, this was the original intention of the 501c3. Hush money, baby. Hush money. I'm done, man. That was I'm glad I got that off my chest. <laughs> my husband's like like I talked to him and he's pretty much like, "Yo, you need to go talk to someone about that because I I just get super passionate about it. I won't I will not my ministry will not be bowing down to any government. I don't care. I look, I will pay taxes. I will pay to Caesar what Caesar's for my books and any kind of income that I make but ministry stuff, yo, I, what that's, it's unconstitutional to do that. So if you would like to give, if you'd like to partner with this ministry, it'll be not, it won't be tax exempt. Sorry. I'm not sending you a receipt. (laughs) The Bible says that when you give, you give out of how the Holy spirit moves you and you do it as a cheerful giver. And Those are seeds to help you giving when it comes to giving. And I I should have the scriptures ready. I wasn't planning on doing this, but giving is not for the benefit of the church, even though it does benefit the church, it's not originally intended to do so it's intended to do so, so that it multiplies what you have. It's called a seed. When you plant a seed in the earth and you have a tree and it bears fruit, that's what the seed does for you. you. You plant the seed into spreading the gospel so that it bears fruit, not only so you can spread the gospel, but also so that it can multiply your giving as well. It can multiply your finances. It can multiply. It does multiply whatever it is that you give. Press down, shaken together and runneth over. Giving is not for the church's benefit. Giving is for your benefit. So that you can grow in your finances and that you can learn to give more that's that's how spreading the gospel works. America is the number one place where Bibles come out of to spread to give Bibles all over the world. and you can't do that. it's not free. that stuff is not free. It, it takes money to not only spread you know send Bibles out the, the distribution of Bibles, it takes money to send out ministers it takes money to run a podcast it takes money to do all of that stuff but you know people are quick they're quick you you can tell where wherever your heart is there is your treasure also and this is not I'm not like trying to preach to you but I'm just trying to tell you like the original intention of giving is for your benefit it's all God's money anyway so I won't be sending you a receipt (laughs) I can, um, but you know, it's, it, it won't be tax exempt because I don't have a 501 C three and I, and I don't care because I want to say what I want to say whenever I want to say it. And I don't want, I don't need the government. I don't bow down to a government that's lying to me. I just don't do that. So, you know, sorry to break it to you, but that, that is the truth behind that is the great lie behind the 501 C three. Thank you for joining me today. Um, if you would like to give uh go to RookieRevival.com and listen, I love sharing this stuff with you. I love getting to the meat of stuff. I love getting to the root, the truth of what is going on. And that's why, that's why uh, pastors haven't risen up because they're, they're holding on to their tax exempt status. So if they're doing that and you know that they really want to speak out and they're still doing that, you can, get, you can tell them the truth. Yo, you we don't, we don't bow down to the government. You can tell them, it's okay. Give them a book. Love you guys. <laughs> Um, on Wednesdays, like I said, I'm going to be doing, um, another podcast. So I'm releasing rookie Amer- American, uh, education stuff on every Monday. And then on every Wednesday, I'm going to be doing more Bible stuff, uh, for the people, new believers, um, that want to get into that as well. That's going to be called rookie, rookie revival series. I believe I have another one called Bible basics, basics of the Bible series. This is going to be called rookie revival series. Uh, for those that need to brushing up brushing up on their word, brushing up on even just like doctrine, because there's so many different doctrines out there, like a doctrine is kind of like a I guess a belief system, like a belief in the Bible, one of them is like, oh, it's God's will for people to die, for my brother to die, but that's not God's will. that is you know the devil's will, so you know there are lots of different uh, myths, I guess you could say about the Bible or about God. Um, that I want to clear up because I want to be, I want you guys to be, I want you guys to be able to grow properly in the word of God and gird yourself up with, you know, what you need to know in order in order to prevail in uh, what's going on right now. So I I don't want you to worry. I need you guys to be equipped spiritually and know where the true fights are coming from because Christians aren't supposed to go from like one pit. To another pit, they're supposed to be going from glory to glory. So, you know, I want to be able to equip you properly. I found that American Christianity is trash. Uh, and not so much the old school, but like when I first moved here from Puerto Rico, I mean, there are things in there that they don't teach righteousness, they don't teach holiness. Um, you know, it's it's just it's just warped. And so I want to get back down to the nitty-gritty of the Bible, what it really says. And I want you to be able to grow. Your relationship with God. So yes. Thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate you so much and have a great week. Thank you for listening and sharing the Rookie Marican podcast. If you would like to become a partner to hear more episodes like this, go to rookie Thank you so much for the support.